Jump in US initial jobless claims calmed down investors' nerves yesterday after several days of hawkish surprises from the world's major central banks. So major American indices rallied at yesterday's trading session, but still very much inverted US yield curve calls clearly for caution. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. faster-than-expected jump in U.S. initial jobless claims yesterday came to throw some cold water on the heated, hawkish Federal Reserve pricing of the past couple of sessions. So initial jobless claims in the U.S. rose 261,000 last week versus around 233,000 expected by analysts. So that was the highest jump since October 2021. But the continued claims fell. Unfortunately, I'm seeing that for the Fed expectations, making yesterday's data look much less convincing about the tightening conditions in the U.S. jobs market. But, 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 but the U.S. companies apparently announced more layoffs in the first five months of this year compared to all of last year. So that's kind of bad news for the U.S. jobs market and good news for the Fed. And boy, we need the U.S. jobs market to give up some strength, at least so that the Federal Reserve could finally stop hiking the interest rates. Otherwise, the major central banks around the world will also continue hiking their interest rates pitilessly. And that obviously means chaos for the world economy for the coming months. So we don't want that to happen. But this is what the widening spread between the U.S. two and 10-year yield tells us since a year now. The 2 to 10-year portion of the U.S. yield curve inverted sometime in June last year, and since then, it is inverted. And obviously, an inverted curve calls for recession as it predicts that higher interest rates in the short run will obviously trigger some loser economic conditions in the longer run. So this is obviously how you read the yield curve or yield curve inversion. But I guess that the equity traders had just like a long time to get used to the inverted uh, US yield curve and they simply ignore it today. Because yesterday's bad news on the US initial jobless claims front actually boosted appetite in the US stock markets and the S&P 500 flirted again with the 4300 mark and the index is now up by more than 20% since the last October dip. And that obviously means that the S&P 500 stocks now stepped into the bull market and that regardless of the tightening Federal Reserve, rising yields and the inverted yield curve. And regardless of the expectation of falling earnings from uh, the S&P 500 stocks as well, because UBS expects S&P 500 earnings, for example, will decline 5% in 2023. Well, who cares, right? The US dollar fell at yesterday's trading session as the jump in the US initial jobless claims actually scaled back to hawkish Federal Reserve expectations at least a little bit after two shocker interest rate hikes from the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Bank of Canada fueled them throughout the week this week and obviously did panic some equity bulls who were hesitant to continue you know, buying stocks at the current levels. But anyway, back to my FX talk, the softness of the US dollar and the rally in the euro dollar to almost 107.90 level yesterday actually masked the sad growth figures revealed in the euro area yesterday, according to which the eurozone 
economy contracted by 0.1% in the first quarter of this year, following a 0.1% contraction in the last quarter of last year. So that's not obviously a major, major contraction in the Eurozone, and growth is actually expected to have resumed again this quarter, meaning that, well, yesterday's morose GDP numbers, GDP updates, will unlikely change the European Central Bank's mind regarding the next interest rate hikes to come in the Eurozone into this summer. But note that, and this is important, the rising Eurozone yields this summer will fall at around the same time than the biggest Teltro measuring by the end of this June, so just a couple of weeks from now, with on top the possibility of additional voluntary early repayments on Teltro's measuring in December 2023 and March 2024. So that means that besides a higher interest rates in the Eurozone, the Eurozone will also suffer a cumulative negative liquidity impact of up to 625 billion euros during this quarter. And guess what? The European Central Bank is currently not considering extending the terms of Teltro loans. And on the contrary, guys, they are lean to further wind down their balance sheet and pull liquidity out of the system to fight inflation. Now, while the latter is positive for the euro, so lower liquidity and higher rates are positive for the euro, and you may have noticed that I'm actually bullish on the euro, especially against the US dollar, while the European stock markets will likely start feeling the pinch of lower ECB liquidity in the coming weeks. The stock 600 index has lost a bit of steam since May this year but remains at the highest level since April 2022 so there is potential in the medium run for a downside correction toward the 435-440 area which includes the major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement on October to May rally and the 200-day moving average respectively and the impact of slowing Chinese demand especially for the luxury goods is also a part of the factors that drive my conclusion toward softer European equities by the end of the second quarter of this year. And even though a stronger euro actually did help the European stocks gain value and rally over the past couple of months, well, we could actually start seeing that positive correlation between euro and the European stock markets start waning from well, the next couple of weeks. And before I forget, well, I actually keep my medium-term euro-dollar target unchanged at a 112 level. Now, elsewhere, the softer US dollar push cable past the 125 psychological mark, and Aussie dollar is bit above the 200-day moving average level. Now, UBS actually calls its investors to hedge their long US dollar exposure as they expect another wave of sell-off in the US dollar and they keep the Aussie and the Japanese yen as their most preferred currencies in their global FX strategy. And the Turkish lira was steady at yesterday's trading session as Turkey continued burning as US dollar reserves to calm down the markets and investors' nerves yesterday. But the dollar try is pushing higher again this morning. And on the wire, news that the Turkish central banks, well, I will say that, puppet banker is replaced by Ms. Arkan, who will likely return the central Bank of Turkey toward a more conventional and more understandable monetary policy, or monetary policy at least, because the letter will require 
high interest rates, waning FX interventions, which will obviously first lead to a further depreciation in the Turkish lira to obviously catch up a year and a half coma in Turkish lira, an expensive, expensive coma, we could say, then hopefully stabilize the uh, foreign exchange pricing at a market determined level so that Turkey, the central bank of Turkey could again have a monetary policy. Until then, we will likely see waves of sell-off in the Turkish lira as Turkish banks will relax FX purchases here and then. So I'm telling you, the Turkish lira will be shaken this summer and inflation in Turkey will likely top again. But unlike in China, because in China, the consumer price inflation rose slightly from a 26-month low of 0.1% to 0.2% year-on-year. So those are the yearly figures and producer prices fell 4.6% in May due to the weakening demand and the falling commodity prices across the globe. So it was the eighth strength month of producer price deflation in China. It was worse than the 4.3% expected by analysts and it was much worse than the 3.6% drop printed a month earlier. So these ultra soft Chinese inflation numbers revealed this morning further fueled expectations that the People's Bank of China will actually cut its RRR rate and interest rates as well sometime. Well, in the coming weeks, probably this summer. And note that yesterday already, six Chinese state-run banks cut their deposit rates, setting the stage for a broader interest rate cuts to come in China. So the combination of the European recession and these terrible Chinese inflation figures revealed this morning get the oil bears to sell the top since yesterday's trading session. The price of a barrel of American crude tipped a toe below the $69 per barrel level. Now we are again above the $70 level this morning but risks remain tilted to the downside and we could see a further sell-off toward the $66 per barrel level. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipek Eskardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your interesting and insightful feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again next week. And until then, good day trading and have a lovely weekend.